Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Uh. Say what? Uh. What, 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 what? It's Luke's English Podcast sitting in his flat. We're discussing English and shit like that. We're getting educated because that's the way we do. So listen up close because his name is Luke. <laughs> yeah. We're learning English. English Podcast. Learning some English. English Podcast. With Luke's English Podcast. Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and especially you ladies. You're in safe hands. It's Luke's English Podcast. This week, Luke takes a long, slow, lingering, linguistic look at the English language. So lie back, run yourself a deep bath, and relax to the soothing sounds of Luke's English Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. In this episode, I talk to my brother, James, uh, about grammar. We have uh, a little grammar discussion uh, in which I ask James to try and answer some questions about English grammar. Now, the idea of this episode is that I wanted to show people who are learning English uh, what most normal uh, English native speakers really know about grammar. Now, my brother is fairly ordinary Londoner. Um, he works as a graphic designer. Um, he, he's very good. He did the logo for my podcast, uh, the Luke's English podcast logo. He designed that, so he's very good. Uh, he went to university, and so he's a normal, educated, professional uh, Londoner. Um, but as a native speaker, I wanted to ask him some questions about grammar, because often learners of English are very surprised that native speakers don't really know anything about the rules of grammar, even though they speak the language perfectly. So here's the conversation. I'll explain some things at the end. Um, right, OK. So I'm with my brother, Jim. And... Um, would you say that you were like an average man on the street? <laughs> yeah. You are. are. Are you on a street now? Uh, I'm very near one. I'm not on the street, no, but I quite often am on the street. Okay, so you're sort of typical, typical person. Perhaps. I'm the average person in the world. You are the most average person in the world? <laughs> yeah. Is that what your girlfriend says? Hey, that's just a joke. It wasn't very funny. Uh, anyway, so my brother is basically the sort of average man on the street. Um, right, so... How much kind of English grammar did you study at school? Don't really remember, to be honest. Don't remember, okay. Probably... 
a fair amount, but I'd say more of it was just picked up in speech than learnt uh, in a classroom. Okay. All right. So you, you just you didn't really study any grammar. We don't really study grammar at school. Well, we did, but yeah, I'm sure we studied it. I remember that stuff happening. I just don't know if I was paying any attention. Okay. So if I asked you, for example, what's what's the difference between a noun, an adjective, and a verb? Can you tell me? An adjective is. Um, yeah, an adjective. An adjective is, is a doing word. A doing word. For example. For example, um, uh, to run. To run. So you're saying to run is an adjective. Okay, I'll come back to that. In a <laughs> can we can we delete this? <laughs> no, no, no. This up. is this is brilliant. No, this is perfect because the fact is that students don't know. But most in, most English people. Yeah, but I'm don't know more stupid than most. No, you're not more stupid than most, most people. people. Know this. No, you're the av- no. Most people don't know this. A lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this until I started learning no. how to become a, a teacher. Magic tip would be um, flying. No, that's not. No, well, I, flying could be an adjective, but that's actually a fat. That fat is an adjective. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's a, a describing word. Right. What about a noun? Noun is a a descriptive word like a, a plant. Right, so it's like the name of a thing. Yeah. Like a plant, okay, yeah. What's a verb? To run. Okay. To fly. To, to run, to fly, okay. So that's a doing word. To drive. To drive. Okay, what's uh what's an adverb? Describing the person, a driver. That's a noun. It's a thing. An adverb describes a verb, so uh, he drives well. So well is an adjective. Right. Right. Um, uh, it's all coming back to me now. But okay. Yeah. But the fact is that most. The thing of is, I think I speak quite well. Yeah. Know. Well, of course I you do. Really make myself understood. Yeah. I just may not know the exact correct definition. Yeah. Of everything. That's the thing for native speakers of English. It's like, well, I don't need to know the rules because obviously I I know that. I basically. I'm confident enough that I know the language well enough to speak it well. Yeah. And to make myself understood and to be yeah. clear. I think that's. And I, I speak. I think I speak quite well, but I just don't know the exact definitions of all the words. Okay. Well, that's exactly what English native speakers. That's their whole attitude, which and that's totally fine, because the fact is they know how to speak English, of course, because they were born. In an English-speaking environment, but you, you learnt it. You definitely notice if someone got it wrong, though. But if yeah, but if you got it wrong, you, you notice. That's right. But you just instinctively know what's right. But it feels right. like it's instinctive, but I'm sure it was. It, no, it is. It, it is instinctive because we don't learn. No, but it's picked up, isn't it? Yeah, it's picked through up practice. through experience of just speaking, yeah. and for example, your parents correcting you and things yeah. like that. Um, but learners of English have got to learn all these rules, and it's like it's the language of the English language for them. Because in order to take apart the language, they use all this other, all these other terms. And I often think when I'm teaching that my students know English grammar like ten times better than how most native English speakers do, right? Yeah. Um, so I've got here a book which is called English Grammar in Use by Raymond Murphy, and it's the most uh, popular grammar book. For learners of English, it's sold millions of copies right. all around the world. It's a famous book. It, it's known as the Blue Book, the Blue Grammar Book. And you're right? saying it's basically useless. No, I'm not saying it's useless. I'm just saying it's interesting that most native speakers have got no idea what any of this stuff 
means. I don't know. We talk about, about like present continuous tense and and third conditionals and things like that. Wouldn't have a clue. You've got no idea, All right? What I, what I'm quite curious to do is another thing is that in English language classes, teachers are always asking students to explain what things mean, right? So they're always saying things like, "What is present perfect and how do we use it?" or "What's the difference between these two sentences?" Right, and it's interesting to see what a native speaker, someone who's already able to speak English, you know, perfectly and functionally, would answer those questions. Because sometimes, I'm just probably go, going to get them wrong. You know, well, it's the, the the point is that a lot of the exercises you do in class are kind of unrealistic mm -hmm. and unnatural. So even if you were a native speaker, you wouldn't be able to do it. You know? Yeah. So like, if I said to you, what's What's the difference between uh, I I painted the house and I have painted the house? What's the difference in meaning? Well, I painted the house implies that you've just done it. You've just I, you've just done it. And I have painted the house. Could be any time. Okay. Couldn't you say I painted the house last year? Yeah, you could say that. All right. So I painted the house could be any time. But you couldn't say, I have painted the house last year. Ah, right. You why, wouldn't why, say that. Why not? Because it's too... It's, it's too, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's two levels to it. Once you say, I have painted the house, yeah. you've already established the fact that you've painted it. Right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds wrong. It just sounds wrong. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. Uh, fact is, I have painted the house means... You were right originally. It doesn't, you don't know when it happened. It's just that it happened in the past sometime, yeah. and it's it's connected to now because it's you're relating it to your whole experience of your life up to now. So there's a connection yeah. to now. I have done it like, in and I'm in, I mean, I've got that experience. Yeah. I have painted a house, the house. You can't say I have painted the house yesterday because we just don't use that tense. Because you've already said I have painted the house, which, which, means, which implies that there's but, no time or that it's a finished, that it's an unfinished period of time. Or just, it I, that just doesn't work, I don't know but you why. you can say, I have painted the house today, but you can't say, yeah. I have painted the house yesterday. Uh, yeah, I have painted the house today, would you say that? Yeah. So what if, you know, at the end of the day, so what have you done today? Oh, well, you really know. say, I painted the house. Okay, at the end of the day. Right? Say, well, I've, it, been, I've been painting the house. But at lunchtime, what have, what have you done? Oh, I've painted the house. Yeah, exactly. What have you been doing this morning? I painted the house. I don't know if you'd say, I've. Well, if it's finished, you would. Well, I've painted the house. If it was... And I've come in, I've, I've picked up my paintbrush. <laughs> no, that, no, that's... that's <laughs> I've run in, I've that's, grabbed the ladder, that's the way I've put it up against the wall and I've painted the house. That's what native speakers say as, a, as an error. That's what footballers do. They say things like, uh, no, well, he's well... He's come in, he's... he's yeah, I've, I've got the ball. Uh, what, what, what they should say is, I've got the ball outside the penalty box, right? Um, I passed it to Wayne Rooney, he passed it back to me, I beat the defender and I shot and I scored, right? But what they'd say is, well, I've got the ball outside the penalty box and I've, and I've passed it to Wayne Rooney and he's passed it back to me and then I've looked up and, I, and I've seen the open goal and I've shot and I've scored. So all this weird present perfect, but it's kind of wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're actually speaking completely incorrectly. Because uh, he's kind of talking about the present and the past at the same time, would you say that? Present I've, and the I've past. I've picked up the ball, I've passed it to Rooney, 
you know, I've, I've collected the ball, I've passed it to Rooney. So he's talking about suggest. it's like it's happened just now, it's like in the moment. But he's using I've. I've to sort of create that link to now somehow. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, it's, it's like he's running through it in his head. Yeah. It's kind of. This like, isn't going to be any use. It is, no, it is. It is. This is exactly what. No one's going to listen no, to this. It's not true. It's not true. No, it's just, people will be interested. If to you're hear. listening to this, I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, people will be interested to hear about how a native speaker understands or doesn't or doesn't understand grammar. Um, just let me ask you two more things, okay. and then we'll, then we'll call it a day, right? Um, another one is, what's the difference between for and since? That's a question that students ask all the time. What's the difference between for and since? In what context? So, um, I have done something for and I have done something since. For? For, F-O, yeah. Well, I've been doing something for... Mm-mm-mm-mm. Ten years? Yeah, I've been doing something for ten years. I've done... I've been doing something since... 1990. 2000. Yeah, since 2000. So what's the, what's the difference in for and since? Um, well, you say four when you're about to describe the the length of time right. that you have spent doing something. Yeah. Since sets the date that you started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, per- perfect. Yeah, you're quite good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, here's that a couple blew your theory out of the water. No, there. no, no. It's it's just interesting. I don't have a theory. Um, right. Here's another one. Okay. And this is a classic one. What's the difference? between saying, okay, this is conditionals, what's the difference between saying, if I, and you'll get this because this is easy, if I had bought a lottery ticket, I would have won the lottery, and if I bought a lottery ticket, I would win the lottery. What's the difference? One's talking about the past and one's talking about the future. Right, okay, yeah, spot on, nailed it. Yeah, Um, okay, I need to give you a really difficult one. Um, hmm. I'll go to the back of the book. Okay, prepositions. Right. Um, let's go for. Um, ad- what do you want? Let's have adjective and prepositions. Adjective plus preposition. Right. Which is prepositions are the thing that they, that learners have the most difficulty with, and they're little words like of, to, at, in. And okay. Come on. Stuff like that. Make right? a question. Okay. So. Um, you just got to you just got to complete the sentence. Um, hmm. oh, wait a minute. Uh, wait, wait a second. I think you should edit this down. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here we go. I'm going to give you a sentence. You've got to put the preposition in the right place in 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 the gap. Okay. I was delighted mm, with the present you gave me. I was delighted mm, the present you gave me. With. Yes. Well done. Brilliant. I don't know why. I just, I just had an idea. Whenever you get anything right, I'm going to do this. Okay. All right. So here's the next one. This is bad. It was very nice mm, you to do my shopping for me. Of, Thank you very much. Of. Of. But I, this is. <laughs> but but I don't know why itself. I couldn't tell you the rules behind that. Okay. I just know that's what it is. Why are you always so rude? Mm, your parents. Can't you be nice? Mm, them. Two. Two, yes. Well done. Can you not do that? <laughs> okay. Um, but why is it nice to be nice to the parents? Well, because they brought you up and, you know, they bought <laughs> stuff for Christmas. No, I mean, why do we use the word two? 
nice be nice to the parents you're sort of I don't know yeah. you're giving something <laughs> to them you're kind of uh, it's yeah. doing something for their benefit I suppose or something yeah, towards them something towards them being nice towards to them to be at them isn't it Nice at your parents. Yeah, to, be, no, to, to, nice. to look at is like to look towards them, isn't it? Yeah, but that's. No, I don't know. Yeah, I can tell you. The I fact is you. that it's impossible to create a rule about it. Uh, in fact, you just got to learn that some words go with other words. You just got to know it's nice. Be nice to someone. You just have to learn nice to. So they have to see words existing together. In little partnerships. Learn how they work yeah, together. That's it, just like learning two words together, not just one on its own. So that that's it, that's the end of the experiments. Okay. What have you learned anything from this 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 experience? No, no. No. Um I just hope that you get something out of this of you know, making me look stupid basically. No, I think you got quite a few questions right, didn't you? Okay. Well, congratulations anyway. I'm going to give you a certificate now, which just shows that you've... Um, well, two certificates. One to show that you completed the course. Sure, mate. Keep the certificate. Can I have this bit of chewing gum? Yeah, you can have the chewing gum. And, and the Thanks. second certificate, just something I like to give to all the guests that I have on the programme. Mm -hmm. It's a little certificate just proving that you appeared on an episode of Luke's English Podcast. So thanks very much for, for coming, and I hope to see you soon. Thanks very much. Luke's English Podcast was brought to you by Wrigley Chewing Gum and Casalero del Diablo Wine. <laughs> that was good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, folks, what I would now like to do is just uh, explain some of the uh, grammar points that I spoke to my brother about during that conversation. I asked him some questions about a few areas of grammar to see if, you could, if he could answer them. And I think you can see there that um, the point is, I guess, that native speakers, surprisingly, don't understand or don't really know the rules of grammar. They don't know terms like present perfect or even words like adjectives or nouns they they don't really know what those terms mean so when you're studying all that stuff at school you're in a way more articulate than they are because you know how to describe the language and native speakers don't know how to do that that's quite interesting but native speakers know um, what's right and what's wrong by instinct they just sort of 
They learn it as children without thinking about it. And then when they get older, they know that something is wrong, but they don't know why it's wrong. They just know it's wrong. It's the same for you when you're learning your language as a child. Um, what does that tell us about learning English? Well, you could say that it, it, some people might say it means that learners of English shouldn't worry about learning the rules of grammar, that instead they should just try to listen to a lot of English, to read a lot of English, and by doing that, um, see and hear the language so much that they just learn what's right and wrong just by frequency. So they know, for example, that people will say things just because they've heard it said so many times before. And they, they know what's right and wrong just because they have heard and read the language a lot and they've started to learn, started to get a sense of all the patterns um, that you find in English. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's a good way to learn. Well, maybe learners of English should study the rules um, or at least study the patterns and do practice exercises in order to understand what's right and what's wrong. I think it's a combination of both, that you need to study the, the, the language, you need to test yourself with it, you need to do exercises, but also you need to combine that with high exposure to lots of listening and lots of reading. And so the more you see of the language, the more you start to develop a feel for it. Um, that's that's my opinion um, but nevertheless um, some of the, the things that I discussed with my brother there I think I should just clarify for you anyway um, so the first thing I asked him was what's the difference between a noun an adjective and a verb and he couldn't really answer the question but as you, as you may know a noun is um, a word which is used to give something a name uh, we use things like, you know, uh, a table, a chair, a cat. Those are all nouns. They can be plural or singular. Uh, three cats, for example. Uh, they can be countable or uncountable. Uh, if they're countable, you can, you can count them. For example, three, you know, tables. A table is a countable noun because you can say one, two or three tables. But a word like sugar isn't countable. Instead, we just say some sugar. So it's like a, a mass of tiny little granules of sugar that together makes something uncountable. They can also be abstract. For example, the names of things you can't actually touch or feel. Um, so concepts like love is a, is a noun. Um, it's also a verb. But um, you could say all you need is love. In that sense, it's a noun. It's an abstract one there and it's uncountable. Uh, that's nouns. Uh, obviously, the nouns can be very complex. They can be larger kind of uh, phrases, you could say, like a noun phrase. Like, for example, um, let's see, um, <laughs> like mobile phone technology is a, is a kind of noun phrase. And you can use that as the start of a sentence. Mobile phone technology is developing very quickly, right? So nouns can also be sometimes a number of words together. Um, right, the next one is an adjective. Well, an adjective is a word we use to describe a noun. Um, it's used to describe a noun. So we'd say, for example, um, the food was delicious, right? So 
Delicious describes the food. How was the food? It was delicious. You can also say delicious food, like that, of course. Um, so that's an adjective. Um, and then the next one was a verb. And the verb is the doing word. It's, these are words we use to express sort of actions. Um, so like play, eat, go, for example, those are, those are verbs. Um, and um, we also have little verb phrases, uh, which are things like phrasal verbs. And that's um, a verb in combination with other words. And phrasal verbs are difficult because some, well, some of them are easy and some of them are difficult. The easy ones are easy to understand because the meaning is very similar to the original verb. So if you're talking about, um, ooh, let's see, uh, go on, like go on, meaning continue, it's fairly clear what that means because go, we know what go means, go on just means go and don't stop going, continue. So that's fairly easy. But some of them are difficult, like if you take the expression give up, give up, uh, meaning to, to quit, um, that's not quite so easy because the word give, you know, we think, well, give, give, a, give someone a, a birthday present. But in this sense, give up has a completely different meaning to give, which makes it very difficult. And the fact is, as learners of English, you just have to learn uh, phrasal verbs. You just have to try and learn them because they're all unique words with their own meanings, just a combination of a few words. So that's, um, that was the first thing I asked my brother. The next thing was about present perfect and past simple. So we know present perfect. One of the, actually, this is one of the most common bits of grammar that you study when you're learning English. Present perfect, of course, is like have plus a past participle or has plus a past participle. Like I have lived in Japan, for example. Um, she has um, eaten a pizza right um, and past simple obviously everyone knows I lived in Japan she ate a pizza for example um, so the difference well that's quite a big one and it's something that everyone's studying so the difference between past simple and present perfect basically we use present we use past simple to talk about a finished action um, in the past but the time period is important and we tend to with past simple express a kind of distance from the act so there's a distance in time basically which means that the the, the action happened in a finished time period I lived uh, well let's say um, I I ate no I drank a coffee it's pretty probably suggests that you drank a coffee yesterday or you drank a coffee last week or you drank a coffee uh, during breakfast, right? So it's like in a finished time. Present perfect is used to describe finished actions which happened in an unfinished time. So there's a connection to now. It's the most important thing. So basically, you might say, for example, I have drunk three cups of coffee today. And today is not finished. So you can say, I've drunk three cups of coffee today. Um, so the the... the the time period is always connected to now. It's a bit more complicated than that, but um, that's the that's the sort of basic difference. Um, to be honest, if I was to explain present perfect and past simple, I'd need to record a completely new podcast, and I could do that. So I might I might do that. Past simple and present perfect. 
The next one was about second and third conditionals. So we know the second conditional would be, for example, um, let's see, um, if I bought a lottery ticket, I would win the lottery. Not a very good example because it's not definite that you'd win. So if I, okay, let's say if if I if I went outside, I no no no, no okay. If I studied hard, I would pass the exam. So you're talking about the future, but you use past tense like studied. If I studied, now we're not talking about the past, we're talking about the future. And we know it's the future because we've said if. So if plus a past tense is actually used to describe a kind of unreal future. So you use the past tense not to create distance in time, but to, cre to create distance in reality. In this sense, it's an unreal or hypothetical future because you don't think it's realistic. So if I studied hard, I would pass the exam, but I'm not going to study hard because I don't want to, right? So compare that with a first conditional. If I study hard, I will pass the exam. Um, present tense after if, still talking about the future, but here we think it's a realistic future. So there's no distance from reality. We think it's real and it's followed by will. Uh, if I study hard, I will pass the exam. So uh, that's it, it's like a definite future with its definite future consequence. The third conditional talks about the past. And there we use had plus a past participle in the if clause. And in the, in the second clause, you'd have would have and a past participle. So let's say the, the exam was last week and I failed. You could say if I had studied for the exam, I would have passed, right? The fact is, I didn't study and I didn't pass. But if I had studied, now here we're using had studied, and that's like, it looks like past perfect. It's not actually past perfect. It just looks like it. But it's used to create distance from reality in this sense, in the past. Um, so we go from past simple, I didn't study, and we go one tenth back, to what looks like past perfect if I had studied and then in the second part I would have passed again to to refer to a past consequence it's all very complicated and to be honest rather boring but uh, you kind of have to learn it again I could do a completely separate podcast all about conditionals because it's such a big topic the last thing I talked about with my brother was prepositions and if you're learning English, you'll know about prepositions. They're very, very difficult. They're the little words that we use to, co to connect nouns and verbs and adjectives together. And you find that prepositions are linked to other words. And there isn't really a decent set of rules to explain these links. The fact is, you just have to learn them. You just have to learn that we say... Um, to be nice to someone right that nice to those words go together you just have to learn that you have to remember it and there are lots of combinations of verbs and prepositions nouns and prepositions and adjectives and prepositions and um, there there are so many lists really that it's just a case of noticing them and then trying to remember them um, what you should do is realize that prepositions are linked to other words 
and then see these word combinations as separate units of meaning that you should learn. So you don't just learn the, the word, for example, consist, but you learn the expression consist of, right? Okay, so a hamburger, a, a, a Big Mac consists of bread, salad, beef and cheese, for example. Um, so consists of, those words always go together. Um, so that's basically it. Those are the things I discussed with my brother. I expect, if you're a learner of English, you understood the rules of grammar a little bit better than my brother did, um, in which case you should feel quite good about yourself. Um, remember, you're, you're learning the grammar of uh, the English language and you're learning the grammar actually better than most native speakers. So well done you. Um, that's the end of this podcast. I hope you found it interesting. That's all from me. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Luke's English Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.